Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, the Excellent Adventure Pod. Oh, that's my microphone leaving me. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Hope you're all doing well. I think we're all doing okay over here. How's your microphone? doing a lot of things yeah um that it shouldn't be doing i.e moving you know these things are supposed to stay still yeah hmm. you might hear these springs springing around yeah yeah so it's actually been a while since i recorded a podcast in here i finished up on uh last week i guess last week when we did ours was the last time we recorded really you didn't record all week no we did not because we caught up and then andy was like well we just take the week I was like, all right wow well, so, and I haven't recorded in here since last week either. Wow. Let's yep. dust off the podcast dust. Dust, 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 dust. There's some true crime dust. Oh, there's some, there's some couple of white guys talking about movies dust. There's some young ladies talking about uh, dating. Dust that off. Dusting off a sports podcast no one listens to. Oh, I think all the all the all the podcast dust is off here. Wow, 
That was impressive. I did not dust off the self-care. I'm sorry, honey. Oh, okay. I mean, that's probably fine. Uh, yeah. So what's happening out there, everybody? I'll tell you what's happening here. Uh, more summer, you know? Even yeah. though even though it seems like summer is coming to an end, doesn't it feel like that? Well, but it isn't. <laughs> I think school in LA goes back tomorrow. Right. And Henry had his last preschool, pre-preschool sesh. Yeah, like his summer pre-preschool. Yes, on Wednesday. Wednesday. So, yeah, I was like, weirdly, I was like, what, what is happening? This feels like a time of transition. How was that last class for you? Matt has been going on Wednesdays and I've been going on Mondays. Because guess what? It's uh, two days a week for a, luck, a whopping hour and 14 minutes. How long is it? It's like an hour 15, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the that's the summer was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how was Wednesday? Wednesday was, you know, pretty good. He did some painting, you know, painted some finger painting by himself. He ate some of the paint. Um, I told him it was going to taste bad. He and it to, tasted he, bad. He had, to, he had to try it for himself, which I get. And, um, you know, otherwise, snack was okay. Yeah. He was excited to go. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, a little pitter patter up to the door himself. Yeah. Um, also very excited to leave. He's like Bo, you know. <laughs> he's excited to get there and excited to leave. Yeah. Which I get it. I get it. I think Henry is someone who's like always excited for the next thing. Yeah. I mean, although you can, I've been working on like uh, seeing how long I can keep him doing a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, like seeing like how long can I, how long can we entertain him? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are we, I feel like we shouldn't be like entertaining him. We should be well, it's encouraging like, him to play, like to find his own things to entertain himself. Yeah, but I can't leave him in a pool by himself. You know? No, you can't. So, and then like, you know, when you need a break and you're like, can you take him? Then that's like, hey, I got it. I'll try to entertain him. What does that mean? Well, sometimes it's him playing with his trash truck while he launches trash barrels at me. Mm-hmm. And I try to catch them. Mm-hmm. He thinks that's funny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's it's uh, you know does that count as entertaining? I just don't like saying that we like we exist to like entertain him. Oh well, I mean, to me, he feels like he's two and a half, and it seems like our sole purpose in life right now is to occupy his time. That's yeah, what it feels like. I. You know? I guess what I'm fr- what I get frustrated by is like I w- I wish I don't know. I wish like he wanted to play alone more. Like he'll play by himself if I'm in the room. Correct. But like as soon as I leave the room, he just wants to follow me. And there've been a few times lately, like in the morning when I've been like Hey, bud, I'm going to go get dressed. Um, you can stay here and, and play like with your truck. Yeah. And he'll like look at me and he'll be like, bye bye. Yeah. And for four and a half seconds. Right. For four and a half seconds. So then I leave and like literally I don't even get to the bedroom before I hear him like running after me. Yes. So I don't know. I guess I just wish. 
And like maybe we haven't like set that boundary or whatever, but. What is that boundary? Like making him play by himself. What does that mean? I mean. What does I don't that know. mean? I'm really? just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just I'm talking it out here. I think that means like making him stay in the playroom while, like, when I leave to go get dressed. Okay. Well, I mean, that's just almost an impossibility given how, just how far the distance between the two rooms. You know what I mean? But I mean, I think if. I'm talking what, about define well I mean like how would you make him stay in there right that's what I was about to say like I think the only way to do that would be to put um, you know the doorknob cover things on the doors and shut the doors like that's it you know that's the only way to keep him in there and like we haven't done that and I'm not saying that we should but I'm just kind of like oh well I guess we'd, like that ship has sailed but also like to that point he's not a bother you know when you're changing Right? I mean, to me. Yeah, but it's like I always have to, like, I can't, I have to always pay attention to him, like, yeah, while I'm changing. So it's like, being, you know. No, I, I get it. But some, but like, I should be able to change on my own without him there. Yes. But I can't, which, like, it is what it is. That's it. You sound like you're just, you know, you're getting there. Tired. Yeah, I am tired. Okay. What do you, what do you, why'd you like narrow your eyes at me? Cause like, ah, she's doing say, it again. You say it like, like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> feels judgmental. I'm not judging you at all. I just think you should, I just, you know, I think if we're just aware of each other and how we're feeling, then we can help each other out. Okay. That's all. All right. I mean... You know, I took him today because he just seemed like he needed a break. Yeah, I appreciate it. So he wasn't even awake when I sensed that you needed a break. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's happening? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I came home and we were I, in the pool. I opened the car door and Bo's like, hey. And I was like, Oh, hi, well, Bo. Well, we've talked about this. No, I know, but I thought it was, it was just funny because like Bo. No, I mean, Bo, we have talked about like, if one of us is going to be home, like text the other one. Well, you wouldn't have even gotten it because you were in the pool. No, but I had my phone there on purpose. Well. To ding. Okay. And it was dinging and I kept swimming over to it. Mm. And it was like, the Red Sox was scored another run. But you also could have been like, just FYI, Bo's outside. You seemed like you needed you time and I didn't want to bother you. Like, I didn't want you to, I didn't want me to say something about, like, I'm going to take Henry into the pool and Bo's going to be outside. Just want you to, not, I just didn't want to check in. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I wanted you to be like, I wanted you to I like. I get it. I appreciate I wanted that. you to Thelma and Louise yourself, because that's where you see them like you needed to You want do. me to drive off a cliff? I mean, not to, not to the end of the movie. Wow. That's, that's harsh. But you just seemed like you needed to just feel the wind in your hair for a little bit. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, the point being that. Bo was loose when I came home, but like didn't get run over or run out when the gate was open and was just waiting for me to open the door. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what he used to do at the other place at our old house too. And I would open the, you know, sometimes he'd be outside and I'd come home yeah. and, and it would, it, I just always knew that if I opened the gate and I saw the dog there, 
roll down my window. Yeah. Because he's just going to come over to me. Yeah. And scratch the paint. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah, why? Because I can't see anything. Okay, well, here, I'll move this. There you go. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. But, you know, Henry, Henry's just being Henry, I think. I mean, he's being, he's being a lot. Like today, he was a lot. Like, I, I made the mistake today of taking him into a store without a stroller or a cart. So, if you're going to. If you're going to do that with a two-year-old, you can't do that with a two-year-old. So no. That's the answer to that question. Um, because he'll grab everything. He'll start to bite open. He tried to open up a soup can. <laughs> and I was like taking the soup away. I'm like, and he's like screaming. And I'm like, Henry, it's soup. You don't want soup right now. And I put it back. Oh, my God. And, you know, like he's walking by the little uh, cereal aisle and he goes he sees uh, apple cinnamon cheerios and he grabs the box and goes wow <laughs> i'm like henry we're not gonna get these apple cinnamon cheerios we're gonna put them back so i was doing that you know it was uh, it was an ordeal that sounds a little stressful i literally only went in there to i wanted to buy him bubbles oh because he's been asking for bubbles for you know days and days and days so I was like, I'll go to the CVS. I bet they'll have bubbles. And the they didn't. Whoa. So uh, it was. I was like trying to like, I was like, hey. So I was, I was thinking, oh, I'll buy him a boat, you know, toy boat. Mm -hmm. And we'll take it in the pool and have some fun. Toy boat, toy boat, toy. Yeah. Toy. And uh, hopefully that, you know, I just wanted to, I was like, I want to make sure I tucker him out enough so that he'll actually nap. And... So then I'm holding a toy boat and then he grabs, he's like, look at this, like they have these rows of cars, this little mat, bigger than a matchbox size car. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's looking at them and I was like, do you want one of the cars? And he's like, okay. You know, that's what he says for yes now. And I was like, okay, well, I was like, you, you were really good at Home Depot. So no props. Let's pick what, which one do you want? So he grabs this red one. And then I'm like, okay, we can get this one. And then I'm like, let's go. And then I turn the corner. I go back. He's got five cars in his hand. He's like, try. He did that. Like, I'm gonna hold every car I can hold in my hands because mm -hmm. he likes multiples of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's uh, far too many cars. We need to save some for the other kids. So we're putting those back. And then we have to. And then I walk. We walk to go stand in line. And the line at the CVS was so long. And then I'm like trying to save my, hold my place in line while also trying to handle Henry. So then all of a sudden he decides he's leaving line. And I'm trying to, I can't hold his hand because I have too many things in my hand. Mm. Then he goes, he grabs a, he grabs a basket, walks back over. I was like, oh great, let's put this stuff in the basket. And then he's, he's like just, Ignores me, walks over to a large display of essential water, <laughs> and starts filling it, like every bottle, until it he emptied out the little display thing, and then he goes, "All done." Oh dear! And 
I'm like, we're next. So I'm, and I grab the water. I'm like, come on. So then I go up to the thing and I do self checkout like an idiot. And I'm like, he is like in love with scanning everything. Oh, so he's boy. like scanning. And I'm just like putting each water down, scanning, scanning. And then like I'm trying to pay. And then he like grabs one of these like uh, end cap items, like a nail polish thing, mm-hmm. and scans that. And then he starts. And then like I'm trying to take them. I'm trying to tell him we don't need the nail polish. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> trying to put it back. And. He's scanning, and I'm trying to pay, and he's scanning. I'm like, is cash going to be quicker? What's going to be quicker here? I put the $20 bill in, and then like it shoots out $2 and change, and he takes the $2, and he throws it in the bag with the water. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, but you got to carry the boat, and he's, he carries the boat, but he just bolts out onto Melrose, he, like, run, and I'm like, I have so much water. I'm like, I run after him. I'm like, Henry, you can't do that. This is the street. You got to hold my hand. It's like, okay. And then we're, we walk. We're walking towards the car. And I parked on the side street. And he is so annoyed that some people's barrels were out and the barrels were open. Oh, yeah. He was upset about that on our walk yesterday, too. Yes. Yeah, so he's like, we need, he needs, he need, we need to close every barrel. And he'll scream unless we're doing it. So I got him in the car. Drove him here, and I said, "I'm gonna make you dinner or lunch, and I'm gonna put on Miss Rachel." And he's like, "Okay," and then he runs over, sits down, start making him lunch. I'm like, "How am I gonna get him in the pool?" Have we have like he does the thing where he like grabs one piece of macaroni, shoves it in his mouth, says he's all done, and starts to go back over to the TV. And I'm like, nope, that's not what we're doing. We're going to have lunch. And then I'll take you to the pool after lunch. And he, uh, he sits down. He puts like four or five more bits of macaroni in his mouth. And then I'm like, you know what we need to do? We need to change your diaper. So we go change his diaper. And then he immediately pees again. I can tell because he's like, he's like, grabbing his the diaper crotch mm-hmm. and i look and it's totally blue and i'm like but did you just pee again he's like no i'm like it's okay if you did we can change your diaper again it's like okay and then he runs in we change his diaper again <laughs> and then eventually get him in a swim diaper and we go in the pool and then you came home but yeah it was a uh, Lesson learned, you know, mm-hmm. not going anywhere without an available shopping cart to put a child and buckle them in or his stroller. Yeah. Well, I think it's an important lesson. And uh, let's just be glad that, you know, nothing really bad happened. No, we just we have a lot of water. We have a lot of water. Yeah. All right, everybody. If you want to write into the podcast, you can do so. DoryMatt at gmail.com. Matt Dory at gmail.com. You could also go ahead and send us a text or voicemail, 413-461-BABY. If you want to record a voice memo. If you're international, don't want to pay the charges, uh, you can record a voice memo on your phone and then email that to us. There's plenty of ways to get in contact with us. Head over to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash something slash groups slash excellent adventure slash slash. It's actually a, it's a 
It's an offshoot of people who go through IVF and love Guns N' Roses. Slash, slash. All right, we'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like... You know, the stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. Hello. I hope you're all well. I already said that, but I still mean it. Stay healthy. Put a mask on. Yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, well, should we hear from some listeners? Let's. <laughs> okay. Um, this first email is from Hillary. And she writes, Hello, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo from Hillary, Cameron, Ishka, and two cats. 
We are on the east coast of Canada, New Brunswick, and I'm a librarian in a small city here riding the COVID wave, though we've been very lucky in terms of cases and people getting vaccinated. I just got caught up in the podcast. I'm pretty sure I started listening probably in the fall last year. I wrote in in November. It's hard to have to wait now for the next one instead of being able to download five to 10 episodes. I was so excited to hear my email read back in February. Thank you so much. I didn't have an egg signal or question, so I felt honored that my email was still read. I don't know what I would have done on this journey without you guys and all your listeners and their questions and and experiences. I'm so, so, so lucky to be able to say that our IVF journey has been a success. We are currently 25 weeks due in November. Going into this journey, I was overweight. I know that. I always have been. I exercise and am athletic but I've always struggled with being a bigger girl slash woman. I think for this reason, my new family doctor, once I graduated from the fertility clinic, took one look at me and sent me early for for the gestational diabetes testing. Well, it turns out I have it, so I've been dealing with trying to adjust my diet, taking insulin, checking blood sugars, etc. I've also had the OB saying you'll probably have high blood pressure. This journey has been crazy enough, and we are so thankful to be here, and I know they are the experts, but it is such a shitty feeling to be judged at every turn because of my weight. There is a plus side to all of this. I get to hear baby's heartbeat quite often and get to see him on ultrasound lots. <laughs> anyway, that has been my main takeaway from this pregnancy so far. Otherwise, it has been pretty good and just so insane that we are here when for years I thought to myself, this would never be us. Science is amazing. Again, no egg signal needed really and no questions. I'm just so happy to have had your podcast to keep me mostly sane during this process. You guys have helped me answer questions. I've had two. I've laughed at your banter and just found a place where I don't have to share my deep, dark feelings about infertility, but can listen and escape and realize we are not alone in all this. Now, since I actually have to wait for the next episode, I plan on starting in on the audiobook of Thanks for Waiting. I'll also make sure a request is put through to purchase copies for our library system. Thank you. We are in a 1,005 square foot mini home, maybe one to two packs of chicken hot dogs so far this year between all of us, dog included, but not the cats. Uh, Yeah, if your dog is, your hot dog eating is being done at your home by your your animal, your furry friend, you you can include it in your count. Wow, okay. But chicken hot dogs don't count, so you're at zero. Thank you. Wow. The hot dog arbiter has spoken. Yep. Zero dogs eaten. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Uh, I wish I had that. I don't have that sound. Oh, weird. Mm. Seems like a sound you would have. I know. Um, Hillary, congratulations on your pregnancy. I'm sorry that <clears throat> you've been judged at every turn. That does sound really shitty. I mean, I could do this. Let's see. Oh, it's not even turned on. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, continue talking. Um, thank you for listening and for uh, listening to my audiobook and for requesting copies from your library. I appreciate you. Hmm. All right. I thought that would work too. Wow. My luck, guys. I wanted to have sounds for you, and I don't. Uh, chicken hot dogs don't count as hot dogs. Nope, didn't work. Da-da, I was supposed to do that. Thank you. Okay, forget it. Bit's over. Sorry for wasting everyone's time. Wow. But mostly sorry for Dory who has to live with me. Now, thank you. Julia. Hi, this is Julia. Matt and Dory. 
week behind. So might not be helpful, but I paused the pod when you were talking about help syndrome. I, this feels like the largest response to a signal I've ever seen. We have gotten quite a response to this signal, certainly so, in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's wild and uh, delightful that we're be able to give info to a person who put a signal out. Uh, I hadn't heard of it and was curious what it was. One of the things that showed up in my Google search was an article from PubMed. It's a study from Norway with just over a thousand participants who were diagnosed with help uh, in their first pregnancy between 99 and 14. 1999-2014. Uh, since they phrased the conclusion nicely, I'm just going to copy it here. Among women with HELP syndrome in their first pregnancy, the occurrence of adverse pregnancy outcomes is substantially reduced in the second pregnancy. However, compared with an unaffected woman, they were still at a greater risk of pregnancy complications. Now, I obviously don't have any experience with this since I had to look up what it was, but I'm a nerd, so always happy to do to see research on whatever topics I'm learning about so that thought that others might be interested in too in it too i made the in it too forget it i'm changing <laughs> words the thought is the same uh thanks for the great pod from julia 1200 ish square feet with a dog cat and part-time roommate in northern alberta canada a couple of hot dogs this year no contribution to the disney portion of the podcast but i do recall a while ago matt talking about moving to edmonton i live further north and houses are considerably more affordable than in LA, but winter is considerably <laughs> is also considerable, so that would need to be in the spreadsheet. <laughs> the frozen tundra of the Great White North. Mm. What a dream! Think about how many coats you could put on. Yeah, that's definitely something that I look for in a potential home. Well, you know, I like it because I can always coat up. But I can't coat down. You know what I mean? I do. Once you get to zero coats, that's it. I think we're going to have to get you one of those neck fans. Um, I th I think that I just... Maybe I should just get like a... Like one of those... Um, you know, like in the old times, they'd, they'd, you'd have an ice chest and somebody would deliver a block of ice to you? Yes. Yeah, just carry one of those around. Hmm. Block of ice. That seems practical. Thank you. Yep. Um, okay. We actually got another help syndrome email. This is out of control. Yeah. All right. This is from Mariah. Um, I delivered our science baby who is also 20 months now, just like the writers by emergency C-section at 32 weeks pregnant on December 1st, 2019, when both my liver and kidneys started to go into sudden failure. What is going on over here? Just trying to like. Yeah, first of all, let me just show you how this desk works. You're, you're unplugged right now, but we're still recording. Don't worry. Here. Completely turn yourself. Now I'll plug your audio back Okay, in. thank you. Here we go. Dory was trying to use the desk like she was A.C. Slater sitting at a chair. She was just, I'm going to sit on this backwards, and it's going to be great, even though it's not nearly as functional as a regular chair. There you go. You, you did it. Thank now you're you. using the table right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, 32 weeks pregnant on December 1st, 2019, when both my liver and kidney started to go into sudden failure. I'm with you, help survivor, both in the timing we had our babies, but also the extreme trauma of the surprise delivery. 
the terrifying emergence of our three pound, 12 ounce baby felt like he was being ripped from my womb and the ongoing fear and anxiety of a NICU stay, as well as the prolonged four months of newborn stage of a preemie left me utterly traumatized and exhausted. All of this after the long road to conception by IVF following multiple miscarriages. Despite this, let me note that our beautiful, healthy boy has gone on to be huge and usually falls within the 90th to 96th percentiles of physical growth for his age and development, and that is not even accounting for the adjusted age of his two months prematurity. As terrifying as the entire experience was, he has always thrived after those initial humps. I have to remind myself of that fact all the time to help me through the PTSD of the delivery experience. So here I am, 19 weeks pregnant with our second baby after deliberating the risks of another pregnancy at great length. For us, it boiled down to these major factors that told me we should move forward. First, we were told that the chances of developing HELP syndrome again were somewhere between 25 to 40% and that the biggest risk factors were one, age, can't change that, two, first pregnancy, wouldn't be our first by default, and three, IVF. We opted to attempt spontaneous conception first before resorting to transferring another of our frozen embryos. We were both 41 and knew it was potentially unlikely. We had been able to conceive spontaneously prior to IVF, but had had multiple miscarriages and opted for IVF for genetic testing of embryos to prevent further miscarriages. I realized that is not an option that everyone can manage, but it removed the IVF risk factor for us and seemed worth a try. It's also a choice that comes with its own fears and anxieties. We are now three years older than when we banked embryos, this is a fully geriatric pregnancy, and we are assuming risks, uh, higher risks for other conditions, mutations, defects, etc. Second, we were told we could be followed more closely and I could take baby aspirin to help in prevention of help or prolong the time I was able to carry the baby if it did reoccur. It sounds like others have taken different, more aggressive blood thinners as well. I've been on baby aspirin since we found out I was pregnant. However, at around 12 to 13 weeks, I developed a massive subchorionic hematoma, basically a giant bleed between the baby and the amniotic sac and the uterine wall. This put me back into a higher risk of miscarriage. I had to stop the baby aspirin right away. Luckily, the baby has been developing well and has been unaffected by the bleed in my uterus as it seems to be stabilized and isn't near the placenta. We've been unable to genetically test our fetus for defects and mutations due to this bleed because the perinatologists don't want to risk anything invasive like a CVS or amniocentesis with the bleeding I had at some point. We are finally going in for our 20-week anatomy scan and also getting an amniocentesis next week. I believe, I, I, I think I will finally believe we are actually going to have a baby when we survive that testing and get results that the baby is healthy. So far, our screenings have been good, but given our age and history of loss, I feel I need the test to confirm baby is healthy and well. What my husband and I have basically accepted is that there are no guarantees, no matter what course you take or how you try to control for these bad scenarios. Nothing will ever be perfect or great, but things will probably fall somewhere in the middle and can still turn out really good in the end. We are willing to brave the rocky road to another child. The joy we have from our first baby is a love I never could have imagined and is worth every bit of the grueling journey we've traveled to have him. Hope that is helpful in some form and wishing you luck and hope as you choose what's best for your family. Many loves, Mariah. Uh, well, good luck this week on all of those fun scans. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, we'll be thinking of you. Geriatric pregnancies. Aren't they the best, honey? Yeah. I mean, I was 41 when I got pregnant with Henry. So. That's right. But you know, and I said this actually on some podcast, maybe it was death, sex and money. I don't remember. Um, but one thing that I really appreciate, always appreciated about my doctor, she never said the words geriatric pregnancy. She never like 
referred to me as old or, you know, that I was an older mom or, you know, she was basically like, you're healthy. Like, do you think any of that had to do with the fact that she's in LA and probably sees a ton of them? I'm sure that that, that, that contributed to it. She's probably a lot more sensitive to it. But I'm just saying like, I, I just like appreciated that because I've heard so many stories of, you know, doctors be like, just sort of like casually referring to people as, you know, geriatric or not that there's anything wrong with being old, but it's like, it's a little jarring when you're, you know, 36 to be like, what's well, a geriatric pregnancy. Right. Um, so anyway, shout out to Dr. Brown. Um, DB. DB. All right. We're going to read one more email. Okie dokie. Before we take a break. Um, speaking of death, sex, and money, this is from Dana. I've Whoa. just been listening to your podcast for a few weeks after hearing Dory on death, sex, and money. I was excited because your infertility slash IVF story had so many parallels to mine. I was prompted to write after listening to today's episode in which there was discussion about shipping frozen embryos. Here's my story and input. My husband and I went through IVF when we lived in NYC. We ultimately had a son who was born in June 2018 through a donor egg cycle after two failed cycles of my own eggs at age 39. We then relocated to Minneapolis when our son was eight months old, leaving two frozen embryos from our donor cycle in NYC. Fast forward two plus years and we are in the process of trying for number two. We had originally thought we would just ship our embryos to our current city to go through the FET process. And yes, there are specialized couriers who do ship embryos. I was quoted about $750 for the transport. However, we found that fertility clinics here in Minneapolis will not accept out-of-state embryos. Basically, there are too many variables among different clinics, culture, mediums, and freezing slash thawing methods, and no clinic wants to be responsible or have their numbers impacted by a failed FET if something goes wrong. So I'm currently on meds and doing my monitoring at a clinic here in Minneapolis, and I'll be flying back to NYC for my FET next week. Well, that is as long as my next ultrasound looks good. Fingers crossed. If this works, I'll be 45 when I give birth. Uh, not sure I have the energy or stamina for having a newborn and a preschooler at this age, but here we are. Maybe. I'm not entirely sure what the deal is with the hot dog stats and other demographics. It seems I'm supposed to report, but here goes. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, my husband, and our three-year-old son, no pets currently, living in a 1,545-square-foot single-family home in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I had one hot dog at a neighbor's 4th of July BBQ. Not sure what kind, but it was grilled on a bun with mustard, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially since my husband is a vegetarian and we don't usually have much meat in the house. Thanks for reading. Dana. A uh, grilled Fourth of July barbecue dog with mustard only. That's that counts. Checking that off on the paper. Good All job. Right. Good job, everyone. Uh, Danny, you're going to be very old. Good job. Yeah, I mean that. You know, if we had another kid soon-ish, I would also be 45 with a newborn and a preschooler. Ay ay ay. When you say it that way, I mean. That's all I've the only way I've been saying it. I was um I was on TikTok the other day and this like teen mom came up on my for you page. She's like fifteen and she has a, a I don't know, I don't know how old he is, maybe six months eight months. I don't know. She has a baby. Mm-hmm. And the point like I forget exactly something the point of the TikTok was she was like Yeah, people people are always like isn't it like, isn't it weird to be such a young mom? And, and she was like, well, at least we're not going to be walking into preschool at 30. <laughs> and I was like, oh. 
preschool at 30. I mean, that <laughs> seems pretty reasonable to me. Like that to her was like super old to be having a preschool. <laughs> it's like, but then again, you are 15. <laughs> so I guess that does seem pretty old. She's lived some lives, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyway, good luck. With the with the flying back to NYC for the FBT. Um, I mean, they should have. The, I think you should. They should just have two separate numbers. Like you know, all clinics should keep two separate numbers. Like one set of numbers is for whatever they've done entirely in house. The other set of numbers is for anything that was not done entirely in house. And then you know, people understand. Oh, that's funny. Um, it's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be real advice. For every clinic out there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Dana, for this info. I had not considered that clinics might not want to transfer those embryos. So, yeah. So, maybe Matt's right. Maybe they do need those two separate stats. That is right. All right. We are going to take another short break. And we'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, we're back. Hello. Uh, let's see. What's let's take it over here. We got some anonymi. We got an anonymous listener who wrote in a, I guess, an anonymous email, or maybe you listen publicly, but you write in anonymously. <laughs> Just wanted to write in to offer an opinion on second pregnancies in regards to your discussion about not wanting to be pregnant and deal with the first trimester a second time. I had a similar pregnancy with my older son. I was sick most of the day, well into the second trimester. In addition, he had a number of complications. Uh, velamentous cord insertion, wonky placenta, and I had preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. Aye, aye, aye. And after his birth, he was in the intermediate care nursery for almost a week. was very nervous about my second pregnancy, but I had very little nausea, never threw up, and carried the baby closer to term. Had no complications, and he was born totally healthy. Second baby's also way better sleeper, and so far things are much easier. So just to say that if you try for a sibling, it could be very different. Anonymous, 2,400 square feet, New Mexico. Hubby, two-year-old, six-week-old, one dog, no hot dogs yet. I like yet. You have like the, you're open to hot dogs this year. Oh, yeah. But we're pretty much, I mean, it's August, so, you know, you got four months left. You have Q4, basically. I guess at half, half of Q3, all of Q4. Um... You know, I am not especially confident that if I got pregnant again, that I would not be nauseous just based on my sister's experience. Which was? She was super nauseous the second time also, if not more nauseous. (laughs) So. Okay. uh, Thank you for this um, info, but. It's another data point. Just another data point. (sighs) You know, it's so funny like having been as sick as I was and now seeing friends who are pregnant, like watching friends who are pregnant now, Mm -hmm. 
who don't get sick. I'm like, are you a witch? Like, how does this happen? Um, you know, I think, I think, I think everybody's a little different. I know. I think. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. But. Like, wow, you were just able to, like, live your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I was comatose. You are bedridden for a while. I was bedridden. So, ugh, I don't know. It's very strange. <sighs> anyway. We got another anonymous. Deep thoughts. Um, yeah, we have another anonymous, and I just want to say that this email comes with a content warning for stillbirth and miscarriage, so... If you want to fast forward, please go ahead. Hi, guys. One of my friends, coworker, lost her IVF twins. She just found out at the anatomy scan at 23 weeks. Don't know any of the details. She has no more embryos. We'll have to start from zero. Suggestions to reach out once she's ready. She just let us know through mutual friends because she is devastated, as you can imagine. I'm heartbroken for them. It is such a tragedy. No one should ever have to go through child loss. Thanks, Anonymous. Um... suggestions to reach out once she's ready. Well, I mean, how would you know she was ready unless you reached out? Exactly. This is sort of the thing. If you wait for her, yep. it might never happen. Mm-hmm. So, send a note along with a fresh baked pie or something. Yeah. Something they like. You know she likes. Um, And the note should all you know all it has to say is thinking of you here's some pie yeah uh, but if you don't get pie write something different that was like literally going to be my advice nice like just just send send the thing send the note don't ask any questions don't ask any questions don't ask how can i help or let me yep. know if there's anything i can do because then that places the burden on the other just person everything's tied up in a bow in the yep. sense of like you're 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 gonna close the loop immediately. Yeah. So you send the thing, thinking of you, and that's it. The end. Um, if anybody else would like to ask questions that Dory and I answer exactly the same, please, <laughs> please just ask that same question. <laughs> please ask only that question because that's probably the only one you're gonna get the same answer. To. Uh, no, there's something. Oh, <laughs> we answered the same. Remember the guy who like. Oh, wanted about to his girlfriend. Yeah, wanted clearly. to like force his girlfriend to break up with him. Yeah, we haven't gotten an update from him. Uh, it might have been too real. Yeah, you know, we really did I'm lay sorry, it on bud. thick. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but I mean, I think he needed to hear it. I think he wanted to hear it because he asked us. Yes, you know. So I hope he heard it, and yeah. I hope everything has worked out in a, in a way that is mutually beneficial to you and your 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 partner. I agree. Um, yeah, I, you know, just to just to kind of expand on what. Matt was saying and my agreement of it. I think this was something that like I feel like you unfortunately only learn firsthand when you've had to deal with some shit. Um but as my friend Nora McInerney, who, you know, she lost her husband um at a at a young age and she's written a lot about grief and she always says like just do the thing. <laughs> you know, like don't ask. <laughs> like just Yeah. Unless, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just I just feel like you can say, you know, I'm or if it's a meal or something, you can just say, I'm sending over pizza or whatever. Um, I know like when Matt had COVID and I was like 
I, I don't, I, I don't even know how I like survived those days. Like with Henry, my book being due podcasts, like it was just like, I was crazed. And there were a few people who were like, Hey, I'm sending over like Jones on third, which is this like restaurant here that does a lot of like prepared foods and stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Like it was just such a relief. And these weren't even necessarily people I was like that close with. Like there were people I was friends with, but not super close friends with. And that like, I don't know, that kind of like touched me the most. You know what I mean? Those people mm-hmm. who were just like, hey, I know you're going through a lot right now. Yeah, I think that if uh, it's just, it's not even, yeah, I mean, if sending food is not, it's never a burden to someone else. It's like, oh, wow, thank you. And like, they eat it or they don't eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it either, just, I wouldn't like, send over a new car somebody like no. wow this Mm-mm. is like a whole thing now i gotta pay tax on this i gotta register it that's a burden yeah um but like a you know a pie i don't like you saying pie i don't even want pie right i was just now. gonna say are you saying that you want a pie i don't i guess actually. i could go get you a I really pie. don't okay not even a big pie person thank you okay. and that's my thoughts on pie <laughs> all right um hope that helps anonymous Okay, this is also from Anonymous. Hello, after several setbacks, I'm finally on schedule to do my first embryo transfer next month, and I was hoping to hear from others how they approach exercise after their transfers. I'm the kind of person who has always used exercise, and especially running, to help deal with stress and anxiety. It seems like different doctors have different advice about FET and exercise, and after reading evidence, it seems to me that light exercise would probably be fine, but I'm worried that if things don't go well with the transfer, I'll end up feeling guilty about any runs I took during the two-week wait. So clearly this question is mostly about managing my own anxiety, but would love to hear what others have done. I remember, Dory, that your doctor had you not exercise at all after transfers. When you were pregnant with Henry, when did you start exercising again? Also, wanted to say, Dory, I really loved your book. The IVF parts definitely hit home, but I think the dating stories were my favorite part. I really identified with the process of realizing that you can make dating work for you instead of always feeling insecure about what your dates wanted or thought. Thanks again for all you guys do, Anonymous in Denver, at least a couple hot dogs this summer. Okay, so here's the thing. I do not recall after my Henry transfer, I do not recall being told not to exercise at all. I believe I still, I I think I exercised, but I don't remember. So don't quote me on that. Now, definitely after my most recent transfer. You did a lot of yoga. After the transfer of Henry. I did? No, I remember I went to Broadway dance. I went to Broadway dance class and then after, no, but that was actually, that was after, um, that was after my beta. So I would have been cleared to exercise then anyway. Actually, now that I'm saying this, I don't remember. I probably would not have done yoga because you're not really supposed to do yoga because of the twisties. What's the fear? You'll pop the five cell thing out by twisting? Look, I don't know. Um, but I, I definitely know after my most recent transfer, you know, they said no exercise, like not even light exercise. And I kind of thought the same thing. Like I didn't, if it didn't work, I didn't want to always like be second guessing. Did it not work because I exercised? And so I just decided, you know what? It's like 10 days of my life. I'm just not going to exercise. Like, yeah, it sucks. But like, 
you know what, when you're pregnant, you got to go through a lot of other body stuff that like you might not be used to or want or expect. So consider it practice. Yeah. Because so here's what happened after. So I remember this because I had come back. Kate and I had to do a workshop at a retreat in upstate New York. And that was right after I found out I was pregnant. And then I came back and I was going back to Broadway dance class. And then when I was about five or six weeks pregnant, I had a bleed and it wasn't a subchorionic hematoma. She decided ultimately that it was probably the progesterone like irritating my cervix, but she wasn't like a hundred percent sure. And she was like, I don't want you to exercise. And I was like, okay. Like, Like at that point, I feel like with IVF, there had been so many times where they'd been like, don't exercise, don't do this, don't do that, that I I was just sort of like, okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, all right, this is just another one of those things. So Just accepting each annoyance of it? Just accepting each annoyance of it and just being like, this is out of my control. And like, yes, would would I be feeling better if I was able to exercise right now? Probably. But like, I can't. And so I'm just going to have to deal with it. Interesting. I hope that helped. And that's that on that. Question mark? <laughs> um, so to answer this question, when you were pregnant with Henry, when did you start exercising? I started exercising after my beta because that was when they told me I could. Um, I think. I think. I, I don't think I exercised before my beta, but like. Uh, you know what I would do, listener? Uh, none of my listener? I would go back to around August of 2018 to our podcasts and listen to the first 15 minutes of the probably the first three episodes of of August. And there might be a hint in there because Dory may have discussed this exact thing. I think my transfer was August 6th, 2018. Yeah. So anything around there is going to be... Yeah. Going to have a discussion. Yeah, so go back and listen there, and and our brain, our memories might not be as good as the actual yeah. record. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. Hello. I will be going to Disney World with my twenty month old in the fall. Whoa! And I was wondering if you would be willing to share any tips slash tricks, dining or ride recommendations from your own research and planning. Thanks so much for the pod, and I wish you both a wonderful memory making trip to Disney with Henry. That's from Vicky outside of Boston. Does not know her square footage. About four <laughs> hot dogs in 2021 so far. Uh, let's see. 20 month old in the fall. So maybe it'll be two by the time you go. Or maybe 20 months when you go. I don't know. Tips and tricks. Let's say if you're going to Disney World, you probably already booked everything, but be ready to go back to the hotel to get the naps in. You want to stay on that. Uh, you want to stay on that baby schedule. That's tip trick one. So whatever the whatever the schedule is now for naps and such, you'd want to you want to do that. Secondly, I would say that uh, don't worry about getting things done or riding things or whatever, because quite frankly, of a twenty month old and plans are gone. Yeah, I would say whatever expectations you have, scale them back. <laughs> Don't even scale them back. I just make them like your expectation should be that you should have no expectations. 
That's not scaled back. That's a different set That's of expectations. Just having no expectations. No, it's a different set of expectations. Okay. All right. Um, and then and then yeah, okay. Eating. I don't know what to do with a twenty month old food wise. I mean, with Henry it was sort of like we did a lot of the um a lot of the counter service places. You know, where we had him in the stroller and we could sit down and eat mm-hmm. you know hand him his little chick nug or whatever yep um so just plan on a lot of table service uh counter service rather i guess you'd have to mobile order ahead i don't even know what's happening in disney right now with that um vicky were we just like the least helpful people ever probably <laughs> our kid liked the train uh, very easy hop on gets to ride it as long as they, we need to ride it and good for naps thank you yeah. Not not the baby's naps, your naps. Yeah, good point. Um, all right. This last email comes with an infographic. Matt, mm-hmm. would you like to look at it? I see a lot of hot dogs here, along with some not hot dogs, aka uh Oscar Mayer Wieners, Hebrew Nationals. Mm-hmm. Etc. Nathan's B Franks. Franks, a lot of Franks. Yep. All right. Okay. Now what? Team, finish this week's up an hour ago. Saw this one doom scrolling. There is only one option. Send it to Matt and Dory. Matt, no idea if I've ever had a natural casing dog or not. Up here in Edmonton, Canada, the talk is beef or pork. But a dozen in so far this year, including popping into Costco to grab us some lunch, two hot dogs, and a poutine, fries, cheese, curds, and gravy. Incredible Canadian fast food. If you don't use curds, it doesn't count. Costco uses curds. I love curds. For two of us to share, while my husband waited in line for gas, it is 11 cents a liter cheaper, 44 cents a gallon, and at $1.30 a liter, that adds up. You should be pleased to know the food was great and the timing worked out. <laughs> Sorry, Dory, but for some reason, I thought Matt needed slash wanted all that I info. do, and absolutely, you know, Costco's been a big leader for us right now. We're just exploring different Costco's on the weekend. Beth from Edmonton. 600 square feet, two adults, geriatric dog, two cats who spent about $600 this pandemic buying boxes slash crates to make this tiny house with zero built-in storage just a bit less chaotic. I feel so many of your pains. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't understand. Is, does, it, does this infographic come with anything? Like, No. Any information as to what was chose or is this just like, who does it? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, honestly, of this, they're all they all they're all beef, except for possibly the boar's head on the left. Nope, that's beef too. I mean, the I'd go with the boar's head because it's a natural casing dog. You can tell by the ends how they're tied off. Thank you. That is my hot dog advice. If you'd like more hot dog advice, support us on Patreon. If you'd like less hot dog advice, also support us on Patreon. Uh, you get two uh, podcasts a month, patreon.com slash excellentadventure. Big old thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you support us at the $5 level or above, you get your name right of the podcast as a thank you each month. You also get the back catalog of episodes. So if you're out of regular episodes, check out that back catalog. Just go to patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. Thanks to Molly. Mariah Adamic. Nancy Powell. Nikki Bossert. Patricia Faust Rezig. Paul Sharp. Paula. Penny from Massachusetts. Arham. Robert Olson. Robin Kilgo. Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Dauberman. Sarah Prager. Sarah Friedman. Sarah Swift. Sherry Olson. SJV. Steve Harcourt. Tanya Lamos. 
It's Spanish. Thanks, Dad. It's pronounced Tonya Lemos. Tanya Kerchemin. The Holterman House. Uh, the Kembles. Tracy Jury. Whitney Hoffman. Zara Rethy. Amanda Powell. And one, two, three, four, five, Anonymous. Ainsley. And Brianne Hudson. Thank you very much. Anybody has any questions about hot dogs, Disney, Las Vegas, uh, writing books, being retired, uh, let me know by emailing us. Give us a voicemail. Whatever you want to do. We'll be here next week. Thank you all very much. Goodbye. Bye.